Explore presents a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a devil or two to boot by Alec and Jan Foreman. Chapter 38 Christmas, 18th to the 27th of December 1977, Nepal. On the Sunday, a week before Christmas, we went in search of a little church we'd been told about. We attended the service there, led by a Nepalese minister, for a small congregation of mainly Westerners. Afterwards, we chatted with a few folk and they let us know about the seasonal events being organised for expatriates. From there, we went to the post office to send our letters and cards to Europe. We stood by the counter and watched the clerk postmark every stamp to avoid pilfering. Driving out of town towards Bagoan, we were unexpectedly directed by the police to pull over, along with all the traffic. We waited and watched to see what would happen next. The President of Bangladesh was visiting the country and he went by in a flashy car with outriders and a cavalcade of diplomats' vehicles. Later on, when we stopped to take a photo of women working in the fields, Jean-Luc and Martin pulled up beside us and we continued the day together. We visited the quaint village of Thimi and wandered on foot along the streets. Potters were making vessels of all shapes and sizes and a mud kiln smoked nearby. Children ran and giggled as they played with two frolicking puppies. Alec was attracted to a stall selling colourful, simply made masks and bought two for his dad. They reminded him of the childhood stories his dad had told of mugwumps and poobars. On to Baggoan to its own Durba Square, which boasted a big hanging bell and drums and was surrounded by temples. A great five-storey pagoda had large carved figures positioned on the stairs that led up to its entrance. A lone massive white bull wandered nonchalantly along the streets lined with open shops as the people went about their daily routine. Later in the afternoon, Jean-Luc, Martin, Alec and I drove in our two Land Rovers 15 miles to Nagakot to see the sun setting over the Himalayas as the deep orange sky outlined the black mountain peaks. The silhouettes included the forbidding Mount Everest at 29,035 feet, the highest mountain in the world. It was indeed a pinnacle moment of our entire journey. We awoke early the next morning to find the hill on which we were parked was shrouded in thick cloud, just as the sun was rising behind the giant peaks to herald a new day. We were all disappointed, but thankful we had captured on camera the splendour of the night before. The next five days were spent in and around Kathmandu, doing chores and having a good sort out to see if we could sell anything. It was an ideal place to sell goods, as the Nepalese were eager to have items from the West. 
We sold our sleeping bags, rucksacks, hiking boots and a few music cassettes that we were tired of listening to. The new owners were happy and we were glad to have a few more rupees in our pockets. They were relaxing days when we also called by the pie cafe a couple of times to try the other delicious pies. Either there or when we were out and about around Freak Street, we would bump into the young men and women of the Children of God team. Members had been given a biblical name that was not their original one. It seemed that was all part of belonging to the group. Despite our disquiet from our initial visit to their gathering, they wooed us back. It was an opportunity to do something different on a cold, dark winter's evening than just sit in our Land Rover. We were gathering quite a collection of Mo letters written by their overall leader, Moses David, who is based in the USA. The leaflets were written in a comic book style and told Bible stories intermingled with Moses David's teachings. There were always newcomers at Joe's place as other young travellers were encouraged to go along. It was a warm and welcoming place to be and there was usually a free dish of savoury rice for supper. The pies at the cafe inspired us to try to bake pies ourselves. We tested several ways to cook an apple pie in a metal pie dish on top of the petrol cooker. On Christmas Eve we had success using a shallow white clay pot that we had bought from the dairy. It had been full of two pints of delicious thick natural yoghurt. First Alec put three pebbles in the base of the clay pot and placed a circular metal lid from an oil can on the pebbles. The pie was already prepared with the aluminium pie dish lined and topped with pastry sealing sliced apples and sugar within. I placed the pie on top of the oil can lid in the clay dish and lifted it all onto the cooker. Then I covered the clay pot with a large metal pizza tray. Alex struck a match and lit the petrol, creating a ring of flames beneath. Left to cook for 30 minutes, the result was an excellent pie. We were chuffed to have mastered a new cooking skill in our humble kitchen. After lunch, we had a wonderful Christmas gift of hot water in the campsite showers. It was a refreshing and invigorating experience to properly wash my grimy skin. We dressed in our best clothes, walked along to Kathmandu's Durba Square and took a rickshaw to church for the Christmas Eve service. There were Nepalese and expatriates, plus a few travellers present. Christmas carols were sung by different groups of the mission community and a sermon spoken in Nepali, then interpreted into English. Tea and festive cakes were served afterwards, a welcome treat. We walked back to Freak Street and called in at the tailors to collect a waistcoat, a gift for Alex's dad. Then we returned to camp for supper in our Land Rover, and a relaxing game of Scrabble. Ever since we had accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, in the home of Nigel and Helen back in Vienna, they had been encouraging us to pass on that good news. In fact, in their last letter, they inquired how we were doing in that respect, and we realised the answer was, not so well. Sure, we could make language an excuse, but we had not mentioned our belief in so many words, even to Jean-Luc and Martin, who could speak English. Oh, they knew that Bible study and prayer were included in our daily activities, 
but we hadn't told them why and they hadn't asked either. The enthusiasm of the Children of God team gave us a little more courage to speak out, so we asked Jean-Luc and Martin if they would like to come to a Christmas party being held in Joe's flat. Not surprisingly, they declined, as they avoided those people like the plague whenever they saw them about town. Christmas Day, 1977, was just an ordinary day for the Nepalese, except, of course, for those who were Christians, albeit for many, a hidden faith. For Alec and me, it was now an extra special day, and we wanted to celebrate it from the rooftops. There were some lads who appeared to hang out all the time by the local temples. Some even slept inside the buildings. Real cheeky lads who were always trying to sell their little red books printed with the thoughts of Mao Zedong. Alec already had one back home from when he lived in Hong Kong. So we came up with a plan. Alec went out and bought six warm woolly balaclavas and I packed them into Christmas parcels along with marbles, a small ball, a pencil and a notebook in each. If the boys were at the square, we'd invite them to the pie cafe to eat tell them about Jesus and give them each a parcel. The whole activity made me feel very festive and excited. At four that afternoon, we wandered along to Durba Square in great anticipation, carrying the presents hidden in a plastic bag. Unusually, we did not come across even one boy. So sadly, it was just pie and tea for two. Later, we attended the Children of God's Gathering. Not as many people came as they had invited. The team acted out hilarious skits, after which we had a meal of potato salad, a spinach and egg bake and beer. We walked back to camp at midnight and had to call out the guard to unlock the gates. I felt deeply homesick that Christmas night. Boxing Day was quiet and restful. We called over to see Jean-Luc and Martin and wished them well on their planned trekking venture. I hoped they had enough warm clothes, as I'd heard a few tourists had died out in the mountains that season due to the extreme cold. We had our own Christmas celebration in the Land Rover that evening with Nigel and Margaret, a couple of travellers on their way to Australia, whom we'd met two days before. Remarkably... Margaret recognised me from Shenfield Technical High School. She had been in a year lower than me. They lived in Hutton, Essex, close to Brentwood, where my family was. It was great to chat with them. We all enjoyed the feast I prepared of pasta, meat and vegetables, cheese, tomatoes, fried egg, yoghurt, tangerines, apples, chocolate, biscuits and coffee. The following day. It was pouring with rain. I first washed all the pots, pans and dishes from the feast, whilst Alec went to change rupees into dollars from the money we'd gained from our sales. It was time to leave Kathmandu, which was quite a wrench after staying there for two weeks. The conversations we'd had with the Children of God team made me feel as if we should sell the Land Rover, give all the money to them and stay in the city to join their endeavour. Jeremiah said that it might not be what God required of us and that it was okay to journey on. He gave us the addresses of other teams in the major cities that we planned to visit en route back to England. 
Goodbye said, we drove to the dairy and bought four pounds of loose milk powder sold in plastic bags, much cheaper than in a tin. We also purchased eight pounds of the delicious Nepalese mountain cheese. The chilling rain was still falling when we came out of the dairy, so we made a dash to the lander and climbed in quickly with our shopping. A rat-a-tat-tat on the door drew our attention to a soaked, bedraggled temple boy. He was barefoot, wearing ragged cotton khaki shorts and a threadbare shirt, with a thin grey blanket around his shoulders. He asked if he could sit in the front of the Land Rover for a while, and we gladly welcomed the shivering lad in to feel the warmth from the fan heater. Interesting that when we went looking for the lads on Christmas Day, not one was to be seen. Now it seemed as if God had brought one to us. We took the chance and told him about Jesus being born, and that was why we celebrated Christmas. We gave him a parcel and watched with delight as he opened it up and examined the contents. I put the maroon balaclava on his head and it fitted well. How much he had understood about Jesus, we didn't know. But as he climbed down from the cab, clutching his goodies, he waved us off with a happy smile. Our drive away from Kathmandu in the miserable weather hid the beauty of the foothills of the Himalayas. The road took us higher and higher on the Triphoven Highway into the mountains and the rain turned to heavy snow. We had to stop at a road tax checkpoint and noticed a great number of trucks and buses parked. A European traveller walked across to let us know that the road was blocked further along. As we could still see traffic moving ahead, Alec continued on to see how far he could go. After a few miles, the road became less distinguishable as the blizzard blew more heavily the higher we went. Suddenly, we turned a corner and discovered traffic mayhem. Vehicles were shunting this way and that. Several trucks, Land Rovers and Volkswagen vans were in the traffic jam. The driver of one Volkswagen van managed to turn around and stopped beside us. No good going on, mate. There's been an avalanche ahead and the snow has totally blocked the road. No one is going anywhere any time soon. Thanks for the warning, Alex shouted as the guy carried on towards Kathmandu. Alec drove a short way onto where the road broadened out and we parked on the wide verge. To the left, the snow-covered hillside swept away down into the valley. To the right, we hoped that any vehicles moving along the icy road, only a few yards away, would maintain control, keep on the actual road and not swerve into us. Alec found a couple of rocks to use as chocks behind the wheels. Up went the roof and I put the kettle on as we settled into waiting out the snow blockade. Total distance driven, 30,000 594 miles. You've been listening to a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a Devil or Two to Boot by Alec and Jan Foreman, presented by Explore More.
Explore More is an adventure lifestyle brand founded on the 1977 travel stories of Alec and Jan Foreman with a passion to inspire people to explore more of the world, engage with others and embrace global cultures to ensure a greater understanding for each other and enable positive progression. Discover great products and more on exploremore.com. That's E-X-P-L-M-O-R-E dot com.